Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Blue Abroad Show this Monday, the 12th of September, 2022. Bit quiet on the news front this week. Um, unfortunately, we're not playing in preliminary finals, but maybe one day. So got Pommy with me. I've got a few other special guests as well. Pommy, good evening to you, my friend. Hey, I'm on the show and we don't have a loss to review. <laughs> so I'm happy. I'm happy. How are we all doing? I think we're good. I think we're a little bit better. Um, going to be a bit of a different show tonight for those tuning in. Um, we're going to open it up, have a bit of a talk back session, I guess almost like a fan cams session. So if anybody wants to come on, I've got a few who have pre-registered themselves and we'll bring them in and have a chat. Uh, but if anybody wants to come in and just ask a question about anything, I know I've put a question box up on Instagram. Some people are comfortable uh, on camera, some people are not. So if you're not, you're more than welcome to ask in the comments. Otherwise, I've got the link right here. Um, if you've never been on the channel, now is your time. We'd love to meet you. Um, but before we do that, Pommy, few of the bits and pieces that have happened over the last week. It's really got to do with list management. You and I had a chat yesterday um, about that, uh, or sorry, Saturday about that. The video premiered yesterday. Um, let's go back a week where we, we made a couple of re-signings. So Cottrell, Lockie O'Brien, Matt Owies, and I think Ed Kerno. We're pretty sure Ed Kerno. Well, I mean, it's it's imminent. I'm, I'm sure I saw it, but if I didn't, I didn't. But no, I mean, probably no brainers. Do you know what I mean there? There wasn't any big surprises of the players that we re-signed. I mean, you could maybe make an argument, Satterfield is a bit stiff that he's been told to wait till the end of the year. Um, the other one that maybe is a bit of a surprise, because I know she's watching, big Jasmina, she'll be upset that they're dragging out the March bank one, aren't they? They are milking Jazzy's Twitter. But aside from that, no surprises really for me. Yeah. Um, and then today, we'll talk about Cunningham. The forgotten man. I don't know where he's been. It's been a very long uh, recovery from the initial ACL tear last year. Um, what do you make of the one-year deal? Is it just a, a regulation contract? Is it a little bit of a, a last chance situation? Oh, it's last chance saloon, isn't it? Uh, I would imagine that there's a few players on the list looking at the art of contract next year will be in the same boat as Connors and hoping that my ass gets a bit better, otherwise I might be on my ass. We've obviously shown that we're a bit ruthless with Stocker, so I think that might send a bit of a shockwave through these players. So I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. I, I like Connors. I haven't bought into Connors is going to change the world yet because he's only done it a few times and we're going right back to Tasmania the last time he had a really good game however history does say that Carlton when they dangle these one-year deals these rookie deals these things these these players seem to do step up so I am excited to see Connors in a Voss Carlton I think it does suit the way he plays but he's got to get fit first I need to see him I'm sick of seeing him being out for two weeks I mean I've seen more of Jimmy Hoffer in the last 20 years, and they haven't seen him since 1972 than I have of Cunningham. Like, I didn't even know he existed until we re-signed him this afternoon. And even then, it was a fucking ham, wasn't it? Like, that sinking. Didn't even have him in the seat. It was ham. Well, I mean, look, he, he went through the three-year deal, the one there, the one where we had to sort of wait 
what was it, the 28 minutes uh, oh, watching a chair? Is there anything more, Carlton, than we all watched a live stream for 28 minutes? Let that sink in. I mean, to be fair, we did watch a four-hour, 45-minute live stream for a tribunal decision, so... We're mental. mental. You, know, you, know, you know when people go on Twitter and say the club doesn't owe you anything? 28-minute Cunningham re-signing video for him to never play again. And mm. uh, watching a five-hour stream of words, they always a lot more than a flag. Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, at the end of the day, I was I actually went to the club today um, and saw a few good things. I saw Pito in the gym. He's got his, his knee brace there. He's had his surgery. Um, it looks like he's going to be – I don't know if he'll be ready for day one of preseason, but he's in the gym I saw Sadi in the gym. I saw Nick Newman in the gym. I saw Zach Williams in the gym. So, Z Will. Um, so, you know, I saw that. And I, I guess the the main theme for next year, well, not the main theme, there's a lot of, a lot of themes, but durability, the ability to handle, with, withstand the rigors of a full season. Um, what does that mean, though? What does that actually mean? What does durability mean? Does that just mean better preparation? Does that mean bigger bodies? Does that mean more weights? What does that actually mean? Well, I mean, I'd say in Carlton's context, when you think only 8% of the list was available the entire season, it would say durability would be just the ability just to we've actually stand the season at the moment. Vossi had a tough job because there could have been a situation that if Lewis Young didn't come in and Carlton had put all the eggs in the Oscar McDonald basket, well, he would have played key defender. So he got very lucky, Vosted, with the injuries that we were always replacing an injured player with a player who's coming back from injury. So we touched on it a couple of weeks ago that when you've got five players in the All-Australian 44 and so has Geelong, that might say something about your list. Mm. Do you know what I mean? That you've got there's just as many stars as Geelong have. And I'd say that's a big thing for Cowan. I'd also say that their ability to handle pressure... We, 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 need, we need someone who's a little bit durable in the heat of battle. Um, we saw glimpses of it, but some of them players that you would think are good under pressure weren't always available either. So definitely if I was Voss, I'd want to be able to have at least 30 guys I know that are going to be there week in, week out. And I'm looking at people like Zach Williams. I'm looking at Mitch McGovern. I rated them fives this year for their year. Even though their years were good when they played, if you're playing less than 10 games for this football club, you can't command more than a five out of 10. They need to be available for 18 bare minimum. So that's what I'm looking for. A little bit of that. And hopefully we bring that in, whether that, I'd imagine that's through the draft. There's a lot of guys in that top 25 with elite, elite engines. So that should be an exciting thing. Yeah. Uh, and from, from what it seems like, it looks like we're going to beef up the squad without beefing up the team if that makes any sense. It's more about creating that depth in the list um, and having a greater squad to choose with because, call me biased, I really do feel like the the starting 18, but for maybe three or four players, is, is pretty much there. Yeah. I know a few Geelong people my ex-boss was, and there was once upon a time I was this close to being a cat, this close to being a cat, um, if he had his way. But, I mean, he... he He's a big footy head, and a lot of them guys look at our 18, our best 18, and go, if that can stay on the park, it's pretty good. We've got the game plan. It's pretty much there. 
they probably just need a bit of continuity and a little bit of effort, a little bit of just just that cohesion. You got to remember as well, eleventh best small forwards in the league. Um, when you take the keys out, and they've played what at the start of this season, they played what a combined amount of what seven games. So they're they're huge little incidentals that hopefully this time next year we're going to see the fruits of it because Rome wasn't built in a day. So they've had the pain now. They finished ninth. We move on. We're disappointed. It wasn't a success. Now it's jumped. Operation jumped to four. Fuck the eight because this time next year we'll have a double chance. Yeah, that was um that was an interesting question uh, that was raised today. There was the the club survey that was put out. I don't remember doing a survey in such detail. And one of the questions was, where do you where do you expect us to? What do you expect us to do next year? Um, for those of you at home, I'll actually I'll ask that question, Pom. What did you answer for that? And for those of you at home, I know it's very early, and this season hasn't finished. But what's the expectation next year? Top four. Top four. Hundred uh, percent. And I'd be worried if no one thinks that because I, I I'm thinking the the operation probably was top eight. Top four, flag. That's the logical order of most clubs. So I'd be counting this as we'd finish top eight. We'd finish top eight. Fuck, fuck the seven seconds off. Top four, bare minimum. And win a final? Oh, mate, you're talking to me. I, I, I ain't here to take part. I'm here to win the thing, baby. Go all the way. Look at Collingwood. People said they were going to go out in straight sets. They're they're a game away from the big dance. So you know what? Fuck pies. Let let let's do it. Let's do yeah. it. Well, I'll say this: my aim is go one further than whatever pies do this week. Yeah. So if pies win it, I want a double, two in a row. Two in a row. Well, I mean, look, it's. Um, I, I actually, <laughs> I mean, I actually think it's important as many people do this survey as possible, because um, it, it's clear they're they're. From the questions that were asked in the survey, it's clear the type of information they're asking for. Even even little nuanced things like what can what do you want us to do better on a digital front? I thought was really interesting. I don't remember being asked such a thing by the club. Well, I mean, what what was last year? Would you shop at Southern Bank? <laughs> but, do you know what I mean? Would, would would you trade in your Ford territory for a Hyundai? Like they were all stupid questions, which is what has probably put this club back a decade. It's always been a marketing exercise for probably since 2000. Looks like now they're starting to focus a little bit on field, a little bit on yeah. field. And that's that's where the priority lies because Hyundai is pretty and things like that. They're all pretty, but they're inconsequential if you're finishing 12th, 14th. No one cares. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's about winning the big thing. And at the moment, there is only four teams relevant in the AFL today and that's mm -hmm. the four teams that are left in the competition yeah all right so we're going to bring we're going to bring some people in um one by one i'm going to put the link in one more time in the comments for those that have just joined us um i've got some questions on instagram i would like if anybody is interested to come on tonight and ask a question or bring up a topic and we can have a chat about it uh we can do that so here's the link and we'll bring in our first guest for the evening Ooh, her name is Tori. Hello, Tori. Hello. How are we? We are great. How are you? I am good. <laughs> um, by the way, love the feedback on the Carlton People episode. Great job. Thanks. 
<laughs> no, it was good. I highly and recommend it, anyone that's been thinking about it to jump on and do it because it was it was good. Yeah. Well, what's on your mind? What are you thinking about? What do you what, what comes what goes into your mind at this point in the year? Um, stress about who's leaving, who's coming in, where anyone's going. Every time I just got the notification that uh, said one more, and I didn't know, I didn't say who it was, and I clicked on it. It was Cunners, and that was good. But they think there's a couple they're missing at the moment. I think there is. Uh, who else is left? Well, we know Marchbank is definitely left, and Setters. Mm, um, I'd like to see Harry Mackay before the end of or before the start of next year. I think that's an important one to lock in earlier rather than later. Um, I'd love to say Paddy Dow, but I don't think it's going to happen. He has one you left too, though, doesn't he? Doesn't he? Is that right? Yeah. He does indeed. He's still ours for a year. We still get to see the lovely young man. Thank God. <laughs> no, I'm a big Paddy Dow fan, but that's that's just me. <laughs> yeah. What do you think is the key ingredient for preseason this year? I don't know. I just really hope no one else gets injured. I think that's the, the biggest thing is everyone goes in there. Um, I think there needs to be some either you you go all the way or you don't. I think it needs to be a little bit more of a, okay, we've had a year, if you want to call it a practice year, having a new coach and a new coaching staff and things like that, but it needs to be a get in there, get the job done. It's our year, our time to shine. If Collingwood could do it this year, then why can't we? And what do you think Dow needs to do? There's a lot of talk that Dow is staying, that he wants to. Now, do you like that? Because I know, if you're a Dow fan, would you like to see him go somewhere else to have an opportunity? Or are you excited that he wants to stay and fight for his position? Because ultimately, sky's the limit if he can do it. I think um, it says a lot about the culture if he wants to stay, because obviously he can see that the club's going in a really positive direction. Um, but at the same time, I think he'll be that player that if he and maybe when he goes to another club, he's going to shine like so, so bright. Yeah, I'm with Pommy on. I like hearing the fact that he wants to stay and he wants to make it work rather than taking the, you know, the, the easy way out and going to a club where, Maybe they're a little lower on the table. Maybe there's a guaranteed spot for him with with game time. I like the fact that the reports are that he wants to stay in and wants to make it work. Um, that that does. I mean, that's probably not something I would expect a few years ago from players that want to leave. They want to get more game time. They want to make it about themselves. And and you know that you know you're only in footy for a short amount of time. So I am buoyed by hearing that. But at the end of the day, like for a lot of guys, there's no more coddling them as to what they could be like enough you know like enough is enough that's it you're either going to help us win the flag or you're not going to help us win the flag and i'd like that attitude to really start ramping up and i think it will i think now the boss has had a full year with the group he's earned the trust of the group he knows how to push the buttons i think that's only going to ramp up now and um you know there's a reality as well like we can't afford because we had so many injuries, I wonder what that did to to training. 
you know, think about it. We had double digit injuries from round, I think it was from before round five or, or, or round six. We had double digit numbers on the injury list. And I wonder how much that does impact training, training standards. Um, and, you know, speaking around, like I said before, durability is the big, you know, the big factor this year um, or, or, or this season coming up and this off season coming up. We've got to get it right. We've got to get everyone healthy. We've got to bring in players that are durable. Um, and that way you don't have to dip with your training standards throughout the year. Spot, spot on. And you've got to feel as well for Vossi as well. That must have been incredibly hard to come to a new club, have your best 22 in mind. And it almost changed every week for him, not not by anything that he could do. These Some of these injuries came out of the blue and you, you, that's, that's going to ruin planning, especially when it happened in the mid part of the year when we were right in the, the nicks of it. And we all were saying round 16, we get everyone back. But when round 16 came, we had new injuries and these players came back, but they were lost by other players. So hopefully we've had that injury standard. And this year we'll have a nice cruisy one where we have 38 guys fit and firing all year. Hmm. Tori, what else is going on? Um, I don't know. Have you done the survey? No, I saw it come up today, but I've been a bit busy, but I need to do it. Um, it needs to go on your to-do list. Thank you. It's on my to-do list. I'll make sure I pop it on there straight after this, or it'll be the first thing I do when I get off here. <laughs> Got to keep that to-do list ticking it off. Love it. Love it. Um, any other questions for us to chat about? I actually have a question. I've been yeah. thinking about this for about an hour. Um, I want to know who you thought our most underrated player is or was of 2022 and who is going to be the big star of 23. I know my answers. I'll let Pom think about it. I think <laughs> one of our most underrated players of 2022 was Nick Newman. I think... Uh, did I? <laughs> yeah, I said it on Carlton People. You did. You did. Uh, no, actually, you did. No, I think Nick Newman is and was underrated this season. And I think we, you did say it, we really missed him in that last month. Um, and I've got a new boy for 2023. Um, his name is Zach Williams. It's going to happen next year. Got the, got the vibes today. He started preseason early in the gym. Love to see it. It's the 12th of September and he's in there. Um, and I think he's, he's, he's due for a big, big year. I like it. I, I'm going. I'm going. George Hewitt. I think he's incredibly underrated, and I don't think he's the most sexy footballer, but he does his job, and I think that's that. That's what Carlton have missed: someone that isn't magical and that doesn't excite you, just does the right thing at the right time. And I thought we really missed him. We only won one game without him. Um, Kennedy, we won zero games, but I felt like we missed him a lot more. Just his reliability. Next year. Uh, Jesse Motlop. I reckon Jesse Motlop is going to go up another level and take the AFL by storm. I think he's going to change. I think he's going to add something we don't have. I think he's going to have a big year. Good at predicting goals. 35 goals from Jesse Motlop next year. Thank you very much. I hope so. <laughs> I like that. That'd be good. Tori, who are yours? Um, Caleb Marchbank. Probably get 
shot if I didn't say that. No, I'm joking. No, Caleb Marchbank is a big one. Um, I think obviously he didn't get as many games as we would have liked him to and to be able to show himself of what we all know he's capable of. But that I watched him at the Essendon game. I was there for that one and loved it, loved watching him. I think he can prove himself, but I also think he's very underrated in a lot of people's eyes. And, yeah, my big star for next year was Motlop. Um, but I think we've just got to wait and see what happens with trade period. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's gone fencing. You can't yes. fence here, Tori, when I'm here. Don't play Sorry. like that. <laughs> Um, well, you know, we, we actually got some really valuable game time into Mots this year. I did not expect him to play 12 games the way he did. I was hoping for like three or four, kind of a few more than what Durden had in his first year. And then I thought next year would be like the, the springboard year that, that Durden had this year. But yeah, he definitely blew past my expectations this season. He's exciting, isn't he? Is, uh, is I reckon I reckon by his time his time's done, that'll be the Motlock pocket. There'll be no more bets pocket. It'll be the Motlock pocket. We hope so. Tori, you're right there. No. <laughs> Trashing the place. No, um, thanks for joining. Appreciate the questions. No we'll, we'll chat to you soon. We'll do. Have a good night. Right. You too. Bye. See ya. Zach. Hey lads. Hey up. Ooh, what a! I I don't think I actually come on this channel or watched much Carlton stuff since the Collingwood loss, and I've been to a few Carlton games, um, uh, finals games over the last few weeks, and I just I can't help but feel that that should have been us. It's so like it's cool. It's good being there. It's cool, you know, being in the atmosphere. But I just it was meant to be us this year. You know what I mean? I get it. I get it. I was there first week of finals. I went to the Melbourne Sydney game, yeah. And that first half was really it was a it was atrocious. It was turnover city, and I watched that game thinking there's 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 no way that we couldn't not handle whatever I was watching. I think if anything, if any of the games that I watched so far, where I thought, oh, nah, this is probably a level above us, it was the Collingwood Geelong game. I felt I felt in that game I was like, okay, this is a a higher level of of quality football that I don't think we would have been able to do for as long. Um, but I feel like for the majority of the finals, I've felt like we can match it. Yeah. Um, I think our best would have stood up as well mm. in most of those games. Yeah, I think our best can do, but I'll, I'll counter it. Our worst doesn't deserve to be there. True. And that's something that we have to learn to deal with. Uh, I think we can make excuses that we didn't do it, but I think the best way for these boys to learn is feel like Zach. I, I hope Zach Williams is sat there, beautiful newborn baby in his arm on his left arm. He's got his cup of tea here and he's seething. He's watching Brisbane play, Collingwood play and going, nah, that should be me. That should be me. And I hope it's happening to all of them. So I, the pain's good. Pain is good. Failure is good. It's really good. It's a real positive. So I agree with you. We should be there. We can match it. I watched Melbourne the other night and thought, we batter these. We'd batter yeah. these guys if we, we had our best. Yeah. But let's wait till next year and get it when we deserve it. And, you know, Collingwood, we hate them. They've shown what's possible. They were 17th in most people's predictions. I went through the preseason predictions that AFL released. 
I think only two of them had them in the top out in the twelve. One of them was Buckley, and people laughed at him. He said they could win sixteen games this year, and people mocked him. So anything's possible. So next year, that'll be yours. Don't worry, Zach. Yeah. We'll be sat here celebrating, yeah. saying we're doing it this year, mate. Next year, don't worry. Yeah, I know. How good would that be? Uh, I've got a question on a player, and this is trade related, so it's a very Carlton thing to be talking about. Um, Blake Akers, I know you've. That's probably the number one name. What do you think he brings to the team? Because I'm obviously I'm excited. He's a new addition, and I watched him pretty much solely against Collingwood, and I thought he was great. What do you think he brings if he was to come? Oh. Um, well, I mean, I think when you look at, there's been a lot of talked about Blake Akers. And I see Twitter and I see social media. And then I see Matthew Pavlich. Now, you've got to remember Matthew Pavlich, great footballer. But his football acumen, I'd question. Because he did say Essendon were going to be in the finals. He was one of them <laughs> last year. Got to remember that. He also said Jesse Hogan could win a Coleman if he changed his scenery. And you know, Jesse Holman has the football inability probably of Cam Paulson. So uh, that, that's an impressive one. I think when you look at Blake Akers, you've got to understand what he does. Hard, hard two-way runner. His numbers he runs per game are incredible, are incredible. Yeah. They would put him in the top three at Carlton. And at the moment, one of our top runners is an on-baller. And that's not where we want it. We want it on the wing. Very strong defensively. You watched him in the last two games. He's got himself back, played with a bad knee last week and was rated top player. Um, was finished third in the Fremantle Do A Little Fans poll. They had him as the third best player on ground, including the winning side. So for me, I, I think people are harsh on him. Wingers, for some reason in the AFL, are forgotten about. And everyone always says, play Walsh on the flat wing, play Chera on the wing. Yeah. And then you watch Melbourne, James Jordan and Ed Langdon pair up and absolutely tear teams apart. And Dacos, the Dacos brothers, especially Josh on the wing, tears teams apart. Side bottom tears us apart yeah. on the wing. So he's definitely what we need. He's basically going to play Noons' role when everyone hated Noons, yeah. but Os kept playing him. This kid's a lot better, hits targets, works harder, smarter, and he fits the bill. He was told when he went to Fremantle they didn't really want him, but he was steak knives and he'd have to learn to be a wingman. And you know yeah. what? The kid has knuckled down. And he's now their first choice wingman. So perfect acquisition for us for 350k. Can't fall yeah. off. Yeah, we're not overpaying for someone there, which is good. Um, speaking Two of years wingman, ago, that'd be 800k, Zach. Yeah, <laughs> literally. <laughs> uh, speaking of wingman, and going back to Tori's question about who you think will explode uh, in 2023, I think one that's really going under the radar is Jack Carroll, if he gets the game time, because when he played his like, I think. A, debut against North, he was really, really good. No, it's North, but I think he was like, he was actually really, like he was, he's inside 50s and his efficiency were, were really good. And, you know, he was up there with O'Brien as like our best outside players. I think when you look at Jack's leap this year, because we didn't see much of him last year, there was a significant leap in, in his, you know, total, the total picture of what he was for the year. I think yeah. his first two games were exceptional and then he sort of, he fell off a little bit, but he's very, very young. He's very, very raw. I remember when we drafted him, Pommy, the way you were speaking about him, you said he was going to be a long-term prospect. I don't know if it's next year or the year after. I don't know when it's going to be. Um, but yeah, I was very impressed with him, even from the preseason. I still remember that St. Kilda practice match, him playing off that half forward 
sort of forward third of the ground and just hitting targets and just being where the ball was was going to be. Um, almost Sam Walsh-like. Sam Walsh has this ability to just know where the ball's going to be next. Um, so, yeah, and, and you know, if you, if you think about it, I know, I know there's still a lot of people that are um, kind of talking about Stocker and why we didn't keep him. Um, well, Jack Carroll is probably one of those up-and-comers who is good enough to play as an inside midfielder for the future. Yeah. He's probably already fitter. And, and, you know, you, you, you choose him every day of the week. C- combine that with whoever else we're going to get. But, yeah, I like it. I like what he can possibly do next year. And like we said before, it's about making the squad have yeah. more quality. Depth, which is the most important thing, I think, especially with the injuries this year. Really exposed our depth. And I think we held up we held up quite well. But next year is going to be really interesting. Um, you know, pretty much everyone's going to be, well, not injured, touch wood. So it's going to be interesting to see who gets picked, who gets left out, what the game plan is with all these people. Um, it's going to be really interesting. But uh, round one's in March and we're in uh, September. So we've got a long time to wait, unfortunately. So yeah. it's going to enjoy the finals, all that's left of it. We're, we're mental, Zach, though. Like, yeah. we're veterans of this. Like, September, yeah. we're already for round one already. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. Onwards and upwards, I guess. Love to have you on, mate. Thanks for joining. Love to be on. Thanks, lads. All right, mate. Yeah. Ethan. Hello. Thanks for having me on. Um, first time, but been watching you guys for a while, so thanks for all you do as well. Welcome, mate. Um, I guess my question is sort of multifaceted. Um, Firstly, how important do you think the ruck situation is going into 2023? I know you touched on it yesterday in your video. For me, and feel free to dissuade me of this opinion if you disagree, but for me, it's quite important as I felt in the first half of the year, we saw how good we were out of the middle. And I think a lot of that started with the ruck. And then Pitnet obviously has his injury issues and TDK, I don't think we really know what he is yet, whether he's going to be full-time Ruckman or just a pinch hitter, um, spending time forward or back. Um, and he clearly just not developed enough to go with go at it with the other big Ruckman in the league. I, I think, Pommy, you mentioned it yesterday. I would have loved us to go after a Goldstein or similar type, but unfortunately he's obviously re-signed now. And I just wonder, given that situation, my personal feeling is that the club will persist with what we've got at the moment going next year and I think they'll look elsewhere to fill the gaps but yeah what your thoughts are on the ruck situation going forward well I think I mean for me personally I think they'll persevere as well um I said it on the video with Taz for me this year it will be about getting the right one not anyone which the last five years that has been counting anyone fits the bill we get a position and we're like all right he doesn't work we'll get that one if he can come we'll get that one and we kind of settle I think Pitnet and TDK are good enough with Murkoff, auxiliary, waiting in the wings. We saw Mackay being trialled there towards the end of last year, Lewis Young helping pinch hit. So I don't think it'll be a big priority. The only way I can see one coming in is a forward rook in the draft and Carlton look that way, which is the modern day way of playing. But I think once Goldstein was off the table, Wits is probably too expensive. I think the only way we could get one in is like a 33, 32-year-old for a year, knowing we can delist him next year and he's just on one last deal. But I think, yeah, I think the priorities all lie elsewhere now. Yeah. My question really 
when I think about the situation this year, you had Jack Silvani playing as that third forward, half forward type player. And then all of a sudden you have to bring him in and play him some more ruck minutes once Pitto goes down. And so we ended up having, I think it was a bit of a silver lining having to play Tom the amount that we did just for his development. Cause we hadn't really, we hadn't really had a year with Tom where he had played more than 10 or 11 games, whatever it was. So I think from that, from that standpoint, there was a silver lining in the fact that he was forced to play. I think this is the first year of Tom as an established footballer. I think last year we saw it in spurts. I think this year we saw it a little bit more in spurts, but still not fully consistent. And But to, to answer your question, do we need to get another Ruckman? Well, I don't know. De Koning, Pitonet, Murkov with maybe Jack Silvani if we need. I guess I'm with Pommy here. It's got to be the right the right player because if you bring another one in, that's four bona fide ruckmen on the list. Unless you count Tom DeConing as a ruck forward. When I look at when I when I hear the discussion about Tom DeConing as a forward, I don't know if I'm there yet. I don't know if I like. What does that actually mean? What does that look like? If he's a ruck forward, and we're playing him and Pitto with with Charlie and Harry and Jack Silvani, I don't know if that's the move. 20 for 22, uh, 23 rounds. It might work against certain teams. It might not work against others. It certainly didn't work against the Crows. I think the Pies would would really hurt us with that lineup. There are a few teams out there that are a little bit smaller and that really, um, you know, rebound quickly out of our back line. And I, I just don't know if that's going to work for a full season. Um, I wish Tom DeConing was just two or three years older now. And then we could we'd have a different different conversation. Yeah, I agree. I wish he'd gotten a bit more development in those sort of COVID-affected years, but injury sort of plagued him, unfortunately. Hopefully this year has helped him in terms of his development. Surely it has. Mm. Um, and he can sort of have a bigger crack next year because I think I, you mentioned Jack there. I would just love to see Sauce out of the ruck, like not as much as he was this year for sure. I know he can have a contest really well when he's in there um, and around the ground. I'm okay with it here and there. But I'd just love Jack to get back to doing what he did best as that sort of half forward, um, high pressure forward, um, making those tackles inside 50, turning over the ball, and then our smalls doing the work to pick it up and get some more goals on the board. Yeah, 100%. We, we, I mean, we can always get a certain guy I've kept talking about, Isaac Keeler. Terry says rook forward. This guy's a forward rook if we're going to be pedantic. Likes his forward craft can pinch it in the rock. And I think he's that perfect foil for a modern day football club. Could do the Luke Jackson role very quickly. Also talk about Grundy. That's a question for chat and you guys. If say, let's just say hypothetically, Collingwood came up to us with this trade scenario. He's on estimated 950. Say they said we'll pay 450. So it's going to cost us 500. And they said, we want a future first from you for him. So let's say they did what they did with Trelaw and they take a lot less than what they wanted just to get him off the books so they could do what they needed to. Future first, would you do it? Well, we're making we're making top four, possibly winning a flag next year. So future first is quite far, far down the line, isn't it? So yeah, I'd do it. Terry, bit of broadie. Yeah, I would. I would do it. I think I would do it. 
can you imagine that midfield? Brody Grundy with them little melts around him, Hewitt Cripps. Ah, <laughs> oh. yeah, we don't need future firsts in the uh, Carlton anymore. We need we need number 17, 18, and 19. Correct. The time hey. is now. Ethan, you could come on more, mate. I love that. That was smooth, mate. You delivered that. I liked it. Yeah, I don't need. I don't need one, two, three. I need seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. And then I'll be happy. And then we can. Go I mean, the idea of the idea of the pies paying for for someone to play at Carlton would just be great banter as well. It would be. I mean, it's hypothetical, of course. I just wanted to see where people were if if it was a man of that caliber, because obviously he's one of the best. One of the best in the business. I personally think it's bollocks anyway. I don't think he'll leave, but I, yeah. I, I think Collingwood are doing the old pander you out to renegotiate your contract, but be all right, won't it? Yeah. Oh, by the way, Zach Williams is not going anywhere. So we'll just knock that on the head right now. That was fake news today. Um, he's not going anywhere. He's been reassured. It's not happening. So just just making that clear. So, hey, good surname. The surname's Carlton. He can't leave. He's got my surname. I'd track him down. Yeah. Bring him back. Ethan, anything else on your mind, mate? No, that's all good. Thanks for having me on, mate. Good to meet you, man. You too. See ya. Jad. Hey, boys. Can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear, mate. How you doing? Good, mate. My headphones are not working. Hey, boys. Hey, Pommy. How you going, mate? I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm just like uh, just kind of emerging from this cocoon of depression since the season ended. So, yeah, just want to talk a bit about that and uh, going forward as well. And I, I just I feel like this the end of the season really just like completely destroyed the fan base. I mean, I feel like everyone kind of went off in their sort of uh, different directions and. Um, as I feel now, I slowly kind of feel it coming back. But yeah, it's um, it's it's all over a game. <laughs> Fucking sick. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking like something catastrophic happened to my family, and it's just a fucking game of fucking football. <laughs> oh. I, I was surprised you were talking about football. I thought the Queen had affected you, like it had me, and I was like, "Dad, it's okay, baby." All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll say that instead. We'll say that instead. So I don't look so bloody pathetic. Nah, but, no, yeah. It shows you care, mate. It shows you care. And I think that the beautiful thing about our fan base is there's like a caveat to our fan base, isn't there? Because we are really, really good at giving it out to opposition fans, but our specialty is turning on each other, isn't it? Oh, like that, mate, 100%. Like if we could fight on the field, like <laughs> on socials with each other, we would have um, 18, 19, <laughs> 20, 21, 20. Like, we'd probably have 30 flags. Right. Nah, guilty. I, I contributed as well. But, you know, I think it's just a way to deal with it, I think. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. Here's mate. You, you make a good point in the way we've all dealt with it. I know for me, I think I've uploaded one video or two videos maybe <laughs> since. <laughs> since. <laughs> um, I'll tell you now, the fan cams after Collingwood, I went back and sort of watched them again just because I knew how I was more depressed and more sad about it after they'd finished. That was all like what I was feeling on the inside was absolutely not shown on the outside. And yeah, I needed some time and I kind of still do a little bit now. It's just so cruel 
the way it ended, you know, 90 seconds of the season, we're in the eight the whole season, and but for the last 90 seconds. And unfortunately, we have to sit here and talk about how it's going to be used to spur them on for next year and use it as fuel and, you know, turn it into a positive and, you know, we'll be all right. And, you know, it's good for their development and the experience and failure is a key to success. And I don't want don't to be a psychologist, like Terry, please. <laughs> <laughs> I can never recover, mate. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I don't want to dampen the mood. I just, you know, of course we want to, we want to um, be playing finals football. I think also, I don't know about you, Jad. This is the first genuine year where I watch finals football, and I'm like, we can play this game. We can play in this these type of matches. Oh, mate, a hundred percent, and that just adds to the pain. It's like I've I haven't like lingered in pain like like this after the season's ended so like in years probably ever the last time what we lost to that final to sydney back in what 2011 maybe or 2010 but this is different mate like this this has gotten worse <laughs> as the as the days unfolded after and just it's like lasted a long time so hopefully it's a sign of uh things that things are actually changing because none of us have really been through it before <sighs> yeah it's true. Well, I've got one for you. So eight and two, I think that went past everyone's expectation of the start of the season, right? Especially with the new coaching group and all of that. I'm not saying that we can't do it again, but are we going to be panicking when we're, you know, six and four or five and five or, or seven and three? I, I, I'm very, I'm very curious. I was having a conversation today about it. Very curious to see what the fans' expectation is because naturally, if it's not eight and two or better next year, are we going to be saying, "Oh well, you know, we haven't"? I'm really curious about that. No, man, it's it's funny you ask me that because I actually posted this question to the almost Blue Brothers Blues Brothers today. Um, I don't know, like, are we gonna? Is the fan base gonna have the patience uh, if we're not if our trajectory isn't linear from here? Because um, you know the answer to that. <laughs> yeah, mate, you, you added to it because you just said top four next year. <laughs> what are you doing? But nah, I don't know if it's going to be top four. I don't expect it to be top four, but um, I'm 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 expecting I'm expecting sixth to to ninth to twelfth. Not twelfth, maybe ninth, tenth. I think we're going to be in that boat again because looking at the top four now, there's only one team really that I see. Um, that we're probably better than on our day, and that's Collingwood. Because um, as amazing as they've been, mate, I, I don't, I don't think they're at, they're ahead of us as I've as I've seen some of the rhetoric. I just think that they're they're just capitalising on what they have. But I think we can go past them pretty quickly. Just looking at the age profile and all those sorts of things, and who we were missing and things like that. But I am a bit worried about the patience of the fans and if things don't go linear from here because now the expectation's set. And as we know through our freaking horrible rebuild, things aren't linear. One year is promising, the next year is shocking. And um, and the team the team itself still very young. Like, what, 28 years old is our oldest player like that actually plays regularly? It's... Um, uh, it's it is very very young and it's not an excuse. I'm the last person to give them excuses. I thought the end of this year was just an absolute bloody disaster, <laughs> complete disaster. And um, yeah, I, I think to cheer you up though, if we're not eight and two, 
at least you won't have to hear Jacob Wietering keep telling you about being oh. too. I know that's really upsetting you at the moment. So there's one positive for you. Um, I'm trying to help you out. I'm trying to be your mate. But I mean, I think what I understand what you're saying. I mean, I think genuinely the average for sides in the top eight by round 10 is six and four, which I think is more than manageable no matter what you give Carlton. Anyway, I, I, it won't be linear though. It won't be linear. Nothing is linear in sport and unless you can manipulate it with cash like Man City or something. We can't do that. So I, I'm, I, I am genuinely confident. I will say this. Why I'm confident top four is because the plan will have been top eight and they failed it. So the next plan would have been top four. That is how all the clubs go. Eight, four, win. Eight, four, win. All the rebuilds in history have that as a three-year block um, when it gets to there. So that has to be Carlton's aim. Top four, double, double chance. So I don't know how they're going to do it. But like you said it yourself, our best 22 can compete. We've looked at Brisbane. We've looked at Melbourne. Sydney, we rolled them when they were the favourites for the flag at the time. That was the press's fancy. So Carlton can do it. It's now just doing it regularly. So I, I do hate to tell you, though, I could see a Carlton-Collingwood final next year. I don't think Collingwood are going to drop as many fans wish. I think that rebuild is that they're underneath players are a lot better than people think they are. Yeah. Look, I think it, it, it mainly depends on the brand that we're playing next year. So like this season, yeah, we were eight and two, but we did it on the back of, of quarter bursts, you know. And, and I think even when we were eight and two, most of us could see that, like, shit, this isn't really sustainable. You can't do this every week. You can't do this for 22 rounds. You can't do this in finals. So I think it, let's say next year we're six and four or, seven five whatever it is if if we are playing a more sustainable brand that is more even across four quarters um and, and, and i think we'll be happy i think we'll be okay we're settling into the season you we all know the right time of the year that you want to peak in probably what round round 14 15 onwards you want to start really hitting your straps probably so i think there are things to look for um yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I want to go back to your, your comment on linear, and I just thought about the last five years, right? Um, I know that this – this I don't want to use the word rebuild because we're not there anymore and enough, enough of that. But just, you know, the last five years, I think 18 was a, a massive dip. I think 19 was not much – only better because of the, the fact that we won, you know, four more games than what we did in, in 18 – I thought 20 was a bit of a rise, a little bit of a rise, even though it was a disappointing finish. I thought 2021 was a real dip and 2022 was a rise. Um, I get what you're saying in terms of can we expect linear pro progress. I just think we've been down so much from from level that, yeah, I can expect the, the, them to improve and, and make a quantum leap again next year. And I, and I will be expecting that. I'll be demanding that next year because – the top end talent is, un for me, it's unquestionably there. It's it's good enough to compete with the other top teams. I'm very cognizant of the fact that our depth and our depth players maybe aren't as good as some of the other top teams. And I would expect, maybe I can't expect, but I would hope the injury situation is a lot better. We get a little bit more luck than what we had this year and not have 10 plus injuries 
for the majority of the year. I don't even remember the last time we had a year where we didn't have an injury, you know, a massive injury list. So, you know, why not? Why can't they make a quantum leap again? Perhaps, look, I think they, they definitely can. But um, I think I'm just talking more broadly. But uh, I think what I'd like to see in terms of what you just said, Tez, is the expectation within the group. Like, I want them to be honest with what they want to achieve. Like, I heard you touch on it, Terry, like in your past videos. Why can't you just say you want finals? Why can't you just say it? But what's going to happen? You don't, you don't make it. What? They're going to shut the club down. You never play again. Just bloody say it. Yeah. And, that, and touching back on what you said, Pommy, about Wiedering's public speaking, I'm not the biggest fan, as you know. Um, but I just love, I would just love them to just, to just say what you want. Like, you only get one career, you know? Just say what you want and go for it. I think yeah. it starts there. If they are honest with, with what they want to achieve, I think they can they can achieve it. Start being like, yes, I want this, and we're going to steamroll every other team to get there. There's nothing wrong with saying that, with wanting to do that. Yeah. Um, I, I felt this year I'd really – I don't know if it started with the McKay interview or Wiedering's interviews throughout the year, and you guys have already touched on it, but they just really seemed content with where they've come from and where they got to. I'm not saying they didn't want to win and they didn't want to – of course they did. They were shattered when that siren went against the Pies. But I feel there are levels you can get to in terms of terms of your external motivation, and I don't think we right we're quite there yet. Yeah, I, I think with the player interviews, I mean, we've gone. For, if you think about the last three years, we've gone from rolling out Crips and Doherty to everything. I think last year was the first year where it kind of wasn't just Crips. Um, I think, you know, we started to see Wiedering do the segment on, on, on SEN with Waitley. I think this year we started to see a bit of Harry. We see a bit of Walsh. I think they'll only get better. I think they're very early in their public speaking. And, you know, as, as, as frustrated as I was at times with, with some of the things that were said as well, only be, not because of them personally. I think it's just more of a reflection of what the environment is that they're around. I actually thought Harry said nothing wrong. I thought Harry was just honest, which is not usually what you get from from players. I actually I had nothing I had nothing bad to say about him personally. Um, I just would have loved to have heard. We want to win a premiership. That's why we play this game. We understand there's a process to get there, and we've got to do a lot before we earn the right to contend. That, that that's the kind of language I, I would have liked, and I'm sure it'll evolve over time. Yeah, uh, but I also think that's part of the reason why it was so frustrating to hear him say that because you could tell that's how they really felt. Like, mm. I, 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 it's good that he said the truth in a way because I don't want him to bullshit us. Mm. But it, it was really disappointing that that became apparent that they were actually content. I, but, do, think there's an, I do think there's an element from, especially if you look at AFLW at the moment, and every interview I'm watching from the women... They keep dropping this wonderful soundbite. At least we have players who want to be here. And you know they're alluding to the anger at everyone who's left. And I don't like that because I think you're trying to use that as an excuse. Do you know what I mean? You're, you're trying to say it's a positive we're losing because we've got girls who want to be here. It's their fault. But you're here now. I understand what you're saying. I, I think this club, though, naturally sees we've got a volatile fan base. And I think at times they create spin 
to try and negate that because it does free for all, doesn't it? You saw the stalker incident club for the last five years, particularly with Terry. Everyone always PMs and says, sack O'Brien, sack Dow, they're shit, hangers on, be ruthless, be ruthless. The club makes a really ruthless decision. But watch Twitter. No one was like this. I think I was one of the only ones who said I understand it. 90% of people saying, this is wrong. Why don't you sack Dow? Why don't you pay out McGovern? And just ridiculous things, and they can't, they can't understand. And I think that's probably, I'm not making an excuse for the club, but I understand why at times they probably try and appease people because, like, just look at the stocker delisted. Like, Twitter was outrageous for two days. And <laughs> I found it quite amusing because a lot of people who were critical of Nick Austin were the ones in my DMs last year saying, tear up McGovern's contract, tear up Kerno's contract. So I found it quite amusing to me that you want ruthlessness, but you want ruthlessness on your terms. So I think the club have got a duty of care that if Harry Mackay sat there like this and went, we're winning a flag, imagine, the, imagine Harry's DMs now. They would be atrocious. Nah, yeah, look, <laughs> it's a good point, man. It's definitely a good point. Um, touching on the stalker thing, like after the pain of that subsided, um, and hearing, you know, you hear all the rhetoric and you, you pick and choose, oh, that, that aligns with how I feel, blah, blah, blah. Um, I, I definitely see where they're coming from now, 100%. After that emotional sort of um, attachment waned a bit, I started thinking about it, and I did DM, DM you, Terry, about it. Like, we, we have been asking for the club to become ruthless, and this is exactly what it looks like. Like, it's this is exactly it. And it's, it should become more ruthless. Yeah, hang on I mean, to too many players who just who just don't cut it. And I think um, think it's a step in the right direction. So it's it is exciting in that should light. Have the, should have seen the conversation Pommy and I had less than twenty four hours after Stocker. <laughs> he was fuming. He turned on me, Jack. He turned and on me. No way. That <laughs> was hot. No and he's and he's giving me all this logic, and I knew he was making sense. But I wanted to be like, mate, just give me 24 hours to fucking have a sook about it. Then I'll get over it. Like, and he just keeps going at me. And I was like, <laughs> but when you do no, think about it, you know, when you do think about it, like, he wasn't fit enough. Um, my, my thing was just about the fact that I love the way he played with the, the, the heart, the spirit, the, the grunt, the sticking up for his teammates, because I feel like we've lacked that for so many years. And, I felt like he's 22. We're giving up on him. Uh, you know, that's where I was coming from. But when you really, really think about it, it's like how far down the pecking order is he as a midfielder? How far down the pecking order is he as a defender? And I get it. It's ruthless, you know. But And and you're right. You know, we, we want ruthlessness, but and then we get it and we don't see that we're getting it. So... We're just we're just a bunch of sick, damaged individuals, and it's gonna take it's gonna take it's gonna take a premiership to fix it. Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, Seriously, <laughs> that's. Um, but yeah, like mate, the, the the reasoning, like honestly, he just it actually shows where we are as a club. We can't afford to hold on to a stalker anymore because he's not beating anyone in the back line. We we hope he's a midfielder. He's never going to get into the midfield with the players we have. So it just shows that. We're in a position where we can't wait anymore. We can't wait for these players. And that and that's where, like, the upcoming draft, I've been thinking about this so much. Um, 
I don't, I don't want them to pick a kid who's going to take three years. We, and, and that's not harsh to say. That's not something unrealistic to expect because you see other clubs do it all the time. They pick a kid, say, let's say pick seven, eight. He actually has an impact straight away. And I really hope that's what Austin's thinking because we can't wait anymore. Seriously, can't wait. And That's a good yeah. point. I like that because if you think about four years ago, five years ago, so let's talk about um, the draft in you know, 15, 16, 17, all of those first round picks played a lot of footy pretty early on. And we almost sort of relied on them pretty early on. You look at him now, like Jesse Motlove comes in, doesn't play straight away. When he comes in, he shows impact pretty quickly. We're not relying on him and expecting as much of him as what we were, like a Zach Fisher, a Lockie O'Brien, Samo, and these when, and these types when they first played. So, you know, I, I've got no idea when it comes to who's available. This is Pommy's domain. Um, Pommy, would you say with the pick 10, we can get a kid that can play next year and impact? Oh, and then some. There, there, there's some players that, knowing yeah. Jad and knowing you, there is some players there that you guys will salivate at. Bailey Humphreys is a big one. He's probably going to be in that pick 10 category, looking at what's there. Um, imagine a likable Bailey Smith. Uh, that's how I describe him. <laughs> well, uh, but he, he, he would be ready to go tomorrow, particularly with this club. Um, if Carlton go exciting, Nick Austin likes to spring a shot, particularly from his time at Port and Doggies. He likes to go a little bit earlier with what you know. He might look at a player like Henry Husway, who is a little bit like what you guys have described in Stocker. Could be a backman, could be a midfielder, could be a wing, but he is actually a guy that can play halfback, back pocket, on the wing and on the ball and excelled at all. He's kind of what we hoped Kemp would be, but actually is, has done it his entire career for the last five years, always played them roles. And then you've got like a plethora after that. Like we are very fortunate in pick 10 that we've got players, but I would like to see Carlton go a little bit bold and drop back a little bit try and get into that 16, 17, 18 category because then you've got some superstars, Ollie Holland, who will be Ed Langdon, a player like that, already good to go elite wingman, like a proper wingman, proper wingman, bread and butter wingman attacking. Players like Isaac Keeler, forward rook, Henry Husway, who I've just mentioned, would be about that money. There, There's a lot of options, but I would say, aside from the tall timber in the draft in the top 20, I'd say all of it is pretty good to go tomorrow with this. These are all very crafty, creative players. And I think that's why Austin's attacking this draft, why he's attacking it, because pretty much all of them are ready to go. Easy. Beautiful. Well, look, boys, oh, thanks for that. I'll let you go because my phone's going to die. But, um, yeah, appreciate the chat. Great chat, bro. Love you guys too. Ciao. See ya. Liam Macker. He's on the beer. Look at him. Hey. What's going on? <laughs> what are you doing, mate? Very little. How are you? <laughs> Haven't seen good. you for a little while. We didn't catch up after the Carlton Collingwood game. I was too pissed and angry. Um, so, yeah, nah, things good. How are you? Mate, we're good. We're just out here having a jolly good Monday night. Just, um, you know, chatting around with everyone. What do you? What's the? What, what would you say is the number one thing on your mind with the club at the moment? It's it's not a player aspect type 
question. It's just, what do we need to do? Like, what do we need to do to go from that ninth to 12th position that we've been lingering in for a few years? I mean, granted, we have dropped below that, but we've been, we've played better than that sometimes. But what do we need to do? Is it, is it personnel on the list? Is it, is it staffing? But look, we played a cracking first half of the year before the bye, and the second half of the year was just a write-off, really. So, yeah, no, it's just where do we go from here? Hopefully up. Yeah. <laughs> I can only hope, right? Somebody asked in the in the comments earlier, earlier tonight, like, not to be negative, but what would happen <laughs> if we go down next year and... Nah, no more. Nah, nah, not copping that. Not copping I mean, that. It is a, like, based on the ladder this year, it's a very, very, from 6 to 12, a very tight competition. If we get the same amount of wins next year, it doesn't guarantee us to finish ninth. We could finish 10th or 11th. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's not necessarily regression. In terms of ladder position, yes. But in terms of play style, wins, losses, and all that stuff, no. So I think a lot of people would see if we went down the ladder next year, they'd see that as regression because they don't understand how tight knit that specific area of the ladder is. St Kilda, us, even Port Adelaide, they had a down year. They're better than what they finished on the ladder. Um, Richmond. There, there are six or seven teams that could literally vie for the top eight. And unfortunately, we were one of the ones that missed out this year. Well, I think to answer your question, how do we go up? Just stop being shit. Back ourselves in. And it's as simple as that because it's it's such, like you say, such small margins. Like what's weird is when we were eight and two, we were the eighth best side defending and, and stopping teams scoring. When we went to our shit area, we were the fourth hardest team to score against, surpassing teams above us. So we actually got better at stopping the ball getting into our back half, and our attacking died. So it's all them little small ingredients that somewhere in 2022 was the flag, and we played that perfect football in pieces. It's bringing it out. So I think without co- using a cop-out, it's learning from the experience and knowing that it's there in patches. Instead of having it in patches, let's make a big fucking blanket. I'm with John. I'm with John here in the comments. It's all between the ears. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that's a very, you know, what I think. How many people on our list have played finals? None. George Hewitt. Zach, Zach Williams. Williams. Ed Kerner. Ed Kerno. Ed, oh, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So, very little. 10% at best. Not many, and, and, if any. And if you look at it, like, George Hewitt was... He got injured later later in the year. Ed Kerno, he's not really impacting 22 at the moment. Um, so, in terms of our best 22, we've got one. Two. Zach Williams, because, you know, he's done his cast. He might be back. Oh, he was Zach and back, but um, you know, we've got two out of twenty-two people who have played finals, or three out of thirty-eight on our list that have played finals. It's it it doesn't really 
you know, the boys can't feed off them in terms of that. Like, I'm sure if we had 15, 16, or even like, it would have been very beneficial this year just to play one final. If we lost, we lost, but they got that experience. They know what it's like to get there. And that's the thing. The boys don't know what it's like to get there. They haven't gotten there. Not as this unit, not a majority of them. So it's, look, if we don't finish top eight next year, I wouldn't be overly surprised, really, just because just because of how tight it is in that area of the ladder. Fuck, I want to. I want us to play finals, but only time will tell. Uh, see what see what they do with the list. Stocker delisting was a surprise, but look exactly what was said in the last conversation: ruthlessness. It's been asked for for many years. Stop carrying people who are doing nothing on our list and get hard about it. You know, if, if, if we can't, if we can't delist a bloke who, okay, best 26, maybe if we can't delist him without repercussions, what, what are we here for? You know, mm. Before I let you go, I just want to let you know that you, I would say you had the best, I just, it just sprung to me now. The, my, one of my favorite moments of the year was you jumping in the pool after, I think, Sydney. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was up on the, I was up in the, oh, fuck, what do you call it? With Sundays. Yes. I've been waiting for you to do a best of fan camps for 2022 and I'm like, fuck, I better be number one. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. I've got, um, I've got, I've got a uh, Bailey onto the, the year the the yearly compilation. So we'll it'll definitely be there. Don't worry about that. Oh, it's gotta be. I put a lot of effort into that, even though I was you fucking did. pissed. I was so drunk. <laughs> yeah. It was well, the um, next morning I had to watch that like ten times over, just like really? Did I? Oh fuck, yeah, right. Okay. Not bad. Yeah. You're a character then, Dylan. We, we, we love done, you. I've done worse things drunk, let's just say that. Yeah. For, for, for those in chat, me and McMillan have known each other for a few years now. He's he's a quality guy, and I can confirm he's always like this. Always like this. This is oh, a on, on This the guy's PS. mental. Mate, you have a good night. Love you, brother. Bound to. Enjoy. See you, mate. All right. Lucky last. Toby. G'day, gentlemen. How are we both? I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, Pom. How, how about yourself, Matt? Thank, now, Pommy, can I just say a massive thank you to you for uh, how you've shouted out to me this year when I've written to you on your other channel. Thanks for getting back to me, Matt. That really has inspired me uh, so much to be a better person, and I can't thank you enough for doing that, and that's, that's helped me. Um. Gentlemen, I would also like to let you know that I won a footy premiership a couple of weeks ago, um, and I have put it up in the in the chat. Um, thought I would let you both know because you two have been very nice to me and been part of this channel. I can't thank you enough. But, gentlemen, my question to you is, I read an article today, and it had Fisher in... in as a B-grade player, where do you think 
he'll be next year. Do you reckon he's going to lift and get back to A-grade status? Because I, I think he will, and I think he'll show those people who put him as a B-grade player wrong, and I think he'll lift. But I, I want to grab both of your thoughts. Bobby? Uh, well, I mean, firstly, Toby, it's been an honour, mate. Um, it's a pleasure um, being your mate. I, I love having our conversations and stuff. So, mate, what I do for you, you do for me as well. It's an honour and that you watch me, mate. So thank you very much for that. And Fisher, I reckon Fisher showed some things this year. I, I think B-grader is harsh because I think I had him as a B-grader and me and Terry fell out this time last year because I know he's Terry's boy. Um, I, I think it's very hard, be, harsh being a B grader. I think he'll only go higher and higher and higher. I, I think he's found his role. I think Voss made him a midfielder towards the end of the year, basically saying a big fuck you to David Teague when David Teague said he's not a midfielder. So I think Fisher will probably love Voss more than anyone else on the list because Voss has shown faith and said, Fish, you're right. You are a midfielder. You're not a forward. You're a mid as well. So I think he will take that opportunity and go on to the next level. I think he'll be a very, very good player next year. Yeah, I'm with. I'm, I'm clearly with that. I'm a big Zach Fisher fan, Toby. I think, I think he has the quality. He has qualities that not many others in the in the squad have. Uh, I think the big question mark over him for me was, can he put on enough? body strength, body size to get himself through a season? Can he get a little bit of luck and not have something strike him down? Like he's had the he's had he's had um loading injuries, he's had ankle injuries. Um 22 games in a season to play a full season, I think holds him in really good stead. I think mentally it gives him confidence that he can do it again because he did it in his first few seasons, then he was cut down. I think if he goes into this this offseason with the right mentality and gets another three to four percent better I think you could be looking at a guy that can take that next step. I think for I think people halfway through the season were talking about him as an All-Australian squad player because he was hitting the scoreboard. He was uh, playing up the ground. He was really hurting opposition by foot. He tailed off a little bit towards the end. I think his last four games were probably not his best. But yeah, I think he can be a, a really, really good player for us. I I agree with you both, gentlemen. Um, and I think Fisher will be a really good player for us. And he looks good in the number 25. I, I think that's a good number for him. And it suits him because he shows that ticker. Um, and we just need somebody to show a bit of ticker or a bit of leadership. Um, can you guys still hear me? Yeah, mate. Cool. Um, yeah, because my camera's just frozen, so I apologize. Because, um, yeah, it's just... I think we just need somebody in the group just to show a bit of leadership and just to keep the boys nice and calm. And, Pommy, I love how you say karma, karma, where you just look and we just go, yeah, just slow it down, slow it down. Um, a thing that annoys me, Pommy, and you'll probably agree with this, and, Terry, I, I've talked to you about this before as well, our kicking around the corner, um, why do we do that? Why... Why can't we just look for somebody down the line and go, okay, lower our eyes a bit. Look up before we kick. Take our time. There's no rush. I mean, if there's pressure yet, there, yes, okay, we panic. 
but we just need to look for somebody down the line, lower the eyes, refocus, and hit our targets. Is it that hard to hit a target? It's, it's easy for it's us. Not, to stay. It's easy it's for us not. to stay on this side, Toby. <laughs> but it's always Toby, it's always right. easy. It, it comes to that karma, karma, karma thing that we talk karma, karma, karma that we say on the watch-alongs. That I think some of these boys get a little bit excited. I think some of these boys get a little bit scared. I think a, little, a, a lot play on emotion. Uh, you see players like you mentioned, Zach Fisher. He really sharpened it up the first half of the year, just always hitting targets all day long. Uh, Zach Williams, when he came back in, Mitch McGovern, when he came back in, these guys are boring players, just recycle the football. I think that's something that they'll probably have to learn because, like we say, in between the years, um, I think it's just literally game management and literally situation management, and it's something that these boys need to learn, and I think they will do. I think Voss will kick them up the arse in the end of the off-season and say... The good thing for Carlton is all the reason we're not playing the nine in the eight and we're ninth is because we fucked up. And that last game, Durden made mistakes, Kerner made mistakes, Doc made mistakes. The game before, there was loads of people made mistakes. Everyone can identify probably one thing they did because it was such a small bit, such a small margin. So a, a, a fleas willy away from the final. So that means everyone will be able to have a bit of responsibility. So I don't know why they do it. If you can answer it, you'll probably win a million dollars and Voss will employ you. But I, I do think guessing it's just a little bit of brain, a little bit of brain power. Yeah, I, I can't answer that question. I'm not as smart as you two are. Um, I wish I was, but having an intellectual disability sometimes is a little bit annoying, but oh well, uh, you know. And I think, and German, just just to finish off, what do you think um, our mentality will be day one of preseason? Or what would you like to see going into preseason? Like, yeah, okay, losing to Collingwood hurts and missing finals does hurt. That, for me as a supporter, that really hurt. I was driving home from celebrating our grand final win. And my mates who are not Carlton supporters said to me, oh, Toads, you'll probably cock this up. And that hurts for me as being a Carlton supporter. Hearing my mates at my footy club who are Collingwood supporters say that to me, that's going to hurt for the next six months until next season. That's really going to hurt. And that, like... You know, that hurts. And Collingwood supporters are the worst. They are the worst. They are just, ah, oh, there's nothing more that I hate being a Carlton supporter, losing to those scum, scummy Collingwood. Um, and I'm sorry to people who probably are watching me on this, who brag for Collingwood, who are my friends. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it in that way. But you know what I mean. It's kind of a joke. And I hope they do okay this week, but the same go at to be honest. When we all Toby, I don't think you've said anything that we disagree with, to be honest with you, mate. So um no, it's been good, mate. Thanks so much for joining us and um and having a chat. We love having you on. Love you, Tubbs. Not a problem. Keep up the good work, gents. See you, mate. 
All right. I've, we've got a little I've bit got a over. Question before we go. No, we've got plenty of time. Yeah. Oh. This one here, right? From Gav. First day of preseason, you walk in. What is everyone in chat and you, Terry, writing on that whiteboard? Um <laughs> don't lose to Collingwood. <laughs> Never lose to Collingwood. <laughs> I'd have back yourself. I'd have to think about it a little bit further, but um, don't retire with regret. Seize the opportunity. Like if you think the price of winning is too high, wait till you get the bill for regret. Oh, fucking out at Terry. <laughs> Unprepared that. You like that? If you think oh. the price of winning is too high, wait till you get the bill of regret. Oh, Terry. That's, that's three years doing this with you. That is the, gr- the, the best thing that's ever come out of your mouth. <laughs> Thanks, Blown mate. me away. <laughs> um, Let's see what everyone else says. <laughs> what would you have on your whiteboard day one of preseason? Love this. <laughs> Comfortable is not good enough. I like it. Um, all in, no apologies. These are great. Use every this. moment. Get out of the comfort zone. Kick the goals. Pommy, what was yours? Back yourself. Back yourself. Nice and simple. I think that's so, something they don't do. Maybe we should get the um, the John Elliott um, banner. Second place is not good enough. Get that back in the change rooms. Mate, I do, yeah. Cheers, Carlos. I do have dimples and you've you, you, my, my cheeks are going red now. Can't my play. wife does that to me if I laugh and I get the dimples and they come out. I've got a few questions here from the Instagram um, poll that I put in. So we're going to go through them. Uh, Cal White 992, should members be able to vote on dropping players? Can you imagine if we actually had a a fan vote on on selection? I would say personally, no, we should not. Absolutely (laughs) not. No, 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 no. Hard no. Um, <laughs> just your general thoughts on Lockie Plowman from Hugo Jenko. General thoughts are he's a role player now. He's not in our best 22 when everyone's fit. He's a handy squad player. And I think he is harshly spoken about. Plowman's tomato soup. If someone gives you tomato soup, you don't complain about it, but you never crave it. And when you're mm. sick, it goes down like the best thing in the world. So I think I'm with you. He's seventh best player. I don't want him in the team. I, I think he's the antichrist of what we're trying to build because he isn't an intercept midfield defender. But I think he's got to be there because you need, at the end of the day, if we have injuries, he, he held up a place. But I think at the moment... I'm looking this year, Kent goes ahead of him. Marchbank and McGovern never get injured. And he's just there. So for me, maybe potential trade bait. But 
I agree, he gets slated. But at the end of the day, you're asking a Ferrari to do a 4 by 4 off-roading. Do you know what I mean? That's what you're asking. He, it, it's not going to work. It's not what he's good at. He should be playing at North, building that list and defending. So that's my opinion. But, yeah. Nick Strag, who do you think from the list has the biggest capacity to improve next year? Charlie Kerner. 100 goals a year. That That's what that level is of that guy. You look at the shots he had this year. Charlie Kerner, seven, he'll, he'll get 80 goals next year. I'm going to back you on this because <laughs> I think you know your boy. D- David King, next year, he's going to be like, Charlie Kerner is the best footballer on the planet. That's my aim. He's going to, them words will leave his mouth. No, the I think biggest, he's got it. The biggest capacity to improve. The biggest capacity to improve. Hmm. Paddy Dow. It's not a stupid call. Paddy Dow. Imagine if he brings, if he gets in the eight, in the 22. Taken to the brink of his, taken to the point where he's not sure whether he's sticking around or not. And he's ended up ending up quoting himself saying, I want to stay. Um, almost like a, you know, Matt Kennedy two seasons ago, Lockie O'Brien this season, or sorry, Matt Kennedy last season, Lockie O'Brien this season. You know, hopefully it's Paddy down next season. You know, that, that player that was just on the brink of being given up on. Um, you do get the feeling. This one's Sam Philp. Because remember, four weeks before round one, that he was the talk of the town. Voss loved him and he was in the best 22 had the best preseason. He's someone we don't think of. Someone we don't think of. I agree with you. I think I think there's someone in this list we haven't seen that is the miss. I've got an, it's a gut, but someone we haven't seen a lot of is actually the missing link. It's Connors, the missing mate. link. It's Connors. Connors. I, I've I've got a feeling it's Jack Carroll. Yeah. Could be. Because he had Could that be. 50% on the ball, 50% on the wing, 20-odd touches. He looked good. And I think that's probably what we really do need. It's really need. But, no, I'm with you. I, I don't mind the Dow shout. Usually I'd criticise it, Tess, but I'm all for it. You with me? <laughs> mate, mate, imagine, for those who hate Dow, imagine if he becomes best 22. Just imagine he yeah. rises like Kennedy. Cottrell and hits where he should be as a pick three. You'd be laughing, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's the, for him to actually earn his way into the side and what he would need to do and the level he would need to be playing at, the level that it would make us, where we could rely on him and trust him, and um, yeah, it would be massive. Lana's right as well. I've forgotten about him. I'm a traitor. Josh Honey. Still haven't seen the best of Johnny. Josh, Josh Honey. Better than Martin. Is Josh Honey better than Martin, mate? As a, as a junior, he has got everything you want Martin to be. Yeah, everything. I, I think he is. He could be the missing link at high half forward. Presents could be. I like Josh Honey. Good shout, Lana. I can't believe I forgot about Josh. Love it, love it. Um, all right, now looking ahead to tomorrow. 
the jumper punch. Have a look at who the special guest is this week. Hi there, it's Ken Utter here. Hope you're all going well. If you think I could fly high, watch a jumper punch on Tuesday at 8 o'clock and watch these guys jump high. That's it. Well done, mate. I'm telling you, they're running out of legends. They're all going to be ticked off by the end of next season, I think. It's only a matter of time before Levi Casbolt goes on that show. <laughs> Tune in tomorrow night, guys, 8 p.m. Also tomorrow morning, I believe the Almost Blues Brothers podcast will come out. They've got uh, Mr. Paul Barbaza uh, from the old, Carl, the old, the new uh, Carlton show uh, as their special guest. So that'll be available, I'm pretty sure that'll be at 6 a.m. tomorrow on all your uh, major podcast listening platforms. Wednesday, uh, so yeah, Wednesday night, AFLW show. Thursday night, Pommy, we're back on the lives, mate. What are we doing Thursday night? Thursday night, we're going to have a fully, for the first time ever in YouTube history, a full interactive trade show and draft show. So send in your questions, players you've maybe got, and we'll be doing real live discussion about them. We'll have them on the screen, their numbers. So that could be anyone in the draft you might have seen, anyone in the AFL that you've seen, and we'll have a real good, like a list management, but live will be as if we're in the round table making the decisions. Yes. So live interactive, we'll go through all the rumors that you've got, that you're reading online. Uh, we'll talk about whether there's merit to them or not. I know that people like reading rumors at this time of the year. Uh, what time is the show? The show will be pencil in 7 p.m. Thursday night. Let's do that. 7 p.m. Thursday night. Now, also, massive. Sunday is the Brownlow. It's been, it's been brought forward. We will be having a live watch-along of the Brownlow medal. So that's going to be fun. That was that was one of the most fun streams of last year. Uh, it'll be again a highly interactive show. I'm going to speak to the girls. I want to see if they if we're going to do the red carpet. So um, whenever that starts on the broadcast, we'll be right here watching the Brownlow. We'll see if Cripper can win it, or at least you know I don't know if he can win the Brownlow, but I think he'll be he'll be close. I think we'll be partying early, and then we'll be uh, pretty quiet as the as the count finishes, but Sunday night we'll be here for the Brownlow watch along. Uh, we'll also be doing a watch along for the best and fairest. I think that's on the 30th of, of September. So I think a lot of us missed out on, on best and fairest tickets, but Pommy, to be honest, I don't think I'd rather be anywhere else on, on BNF night. Well, look, doing watch alongs for this mad crew on blue abroad. I'll tell you what, I, I, I've, it, I don't like spending time with my family on a weekend now. I miss the Blue Abroad crew. I, I, I miss doing three hours of messing about with them. So, no, nah, mate, this is where it is. Do you know what I mean? The beer's cheaper. The food's better because it's what you want. And we can mute the boring people when we're live. True, true. All right, ladies and gents, have a lovely, lovely week. Look after yourselves and go Blues. Go Blues. <laughs>